What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. Today's guest is one I am so excited about, you guys. I am here with Meg Miles. She is the founder of Wilma. If you don't know what that is, I can't wait to tell you more about it. She is also a registered nurse, a certified personal trainer. She has expertise in prenatal and postnatal fitness. And today we are talking about all things when it comes to activity during pregnancy, kind of handling the postpartum, some mental health things, and just really getting to know Meg more. She is fantastic. I have used her Wilma app during both of my pregnancies and postpartums, and I can't shout it loud enough (laughs) that I love what she's done and the community she's created, and I want you all to be a part of it. So tune in and let's get going. So today I'm here with Meg Miles. She is the owner of Wilma, which is an incredible workout app. Mm -hmm. Like it has a bunch of different subscriptions. We'll get into it. She'll tell us more about it. But she also is just one of these amazing moms in the community that I look up to. So I'm so excited to do this interview and just kind of chat about what motherhood has been for you and especially what, you know, Wilma has become and how you're motivating moms all over the place through every phase of motherhood and life to just kind of take life by the wheels and go with it. So yes. introduce yourself and okay. let's just get going. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Um, so I'll give a little background on Wilma too because people, that's always a conversation start. Yeah. Like, what's Wilma, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so a little background to me. I grew up just really close here in Salt Lake, went to Olympus High School. We both are tight in Alumni, yes. go Titans, <laughs> go Titans, <laughs> and went to um, the University of Utah. So at that point, I really didn't know what I wanted to do for a while. I did six years up there, including all summers. So I kind of wow. changed my major several times. Yeah, that's a lot of school. <laughs> it was a lot of school. It was a lot of school for my, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, I ended up going into nursing school there and loved it. Mm-hmm. I worked at at Primary Children's, so I worked in the. Um, RTU and then also the rapid treatment unit and ER there. So Sadly, we were just there last week oh, with my son. Oh no. But you're an angel. <laughs> what was it? That's a, that's a good floor. RSV. RSV, yep. I took everybody so many in RSV. the valley right now. <laughs> yeah, so um I loved that and did that for a few years and it really was so fulfilling to me. But I think from the start of college I knew and even before, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Hmm. And I think um, a lot of experiences in my life through work or just, you know, living life, I had a lot of different, just kind of almost leadership opportunities that I felt, I kind of started realizing I like the way that I work. I want to work for myself. (laughs) I want to come up with something where I can create the things that I love all enveloped in one thing. Um, So as a nurse, man, that was such a great background and Mm -hmm foundation to everything I'm doing now so I do think that I mean that's something I'll always keep up my license you know maybe I'll go back one day but um I miss certain aspects of that but I really didn't feel like I was where I needed to be Mm -hmm. 
And so for a while after I had my daughter, Ellie, I really was looking for something where I could do a little bit more on my own with, with different hours and um, just, you know, just felt like, okay, I have my personal training certificate. I love athletics and sports. I've been involved in that my entire mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Exercise has been a part of my life from the time I could walk. I mean, it's yeah. been such a celebratory part of my life and everything's so positive that um, that was such a natural transition to me to jump into that. Just part-time, I took a few clients at our rec center and in my home garage gym. Amazing. And it was perfect for yeah. that little transition, but I still felt like I had an important message to share that I wanted to get out. Um, and so, again, just a lot of kind of figuring out. And I think as an entrepreneur, you really do start with kind of a vision in mind. You know, I had an idea of what, Wilma could be at that time. It was not Wilma. Um, it was Mom, Mom Strong. Strong. Yeah. yeah, like I remember the yes. Mom Strong days. Like, yeah. my sisters used to do your workouts I when I was like totally. a teenager. You know, it's <laughs> totally. Crazy. So it was just kind of this natural progression that as I shared what I was passionate about, truly, genuinely passionate about, I think people are attracted to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it was something. It's something that I love so much, and is something I'm doing every day. I would be doing it regardless. So to be able to share it in such a natural way and, in, you know, Instagram helped provide a great um, platform for a community base. And then it's just kind of grown really organically from there. It's not fast growing. It's very organic growing. But I think that also brings about a really great community that is yeah. so special and valuable. So mm-hmm. um, anyways, Wilma. So for those listening, I have a fitness app called Wilma and it started as mom strong. We actually started with this little app. I put out workouts, follow along workouts where I'd film in my garage gym. That was freezing cold. I'd film just every week and, um, you know, women could just press play from their living room and do these workouts. And it kind of just caught on. People began to love these workouts and I loved it. It kept me motivated and Um, so after a few years of growing that, we were like, okay, let's, we want to rebrand. We wanted to trademark our brand and Monstrong was not, not trademarkable. (laughs) So we were kind of in this rebrand situation and, um, I began to think of things that were really important to me. And one of those things I've, I've always felt very intentional in my work as far as language I use and, um, just, I think I hope there's a different feeling in my fitness app than others of just feeling very much not body image centered, but health as a feeling and I, and I not as a look. And I think that that is also from my background with so many different jobs I've had, whether it was a -A Make-A-Wish Foundation, working with kids who didn't have their, their health wasn't just taken for granted. And also um, as a nurse, understanding a lot of just that the physiology and anatomy and everything that's starting from the inside out. So just health is so much more than, um, you know, a look or what we see reflected in the mirror. And so that is definitely my, I think how my app speaks differently than others, Mm -hmm. but, um, thinking about a brand name that would really mean something to me, um, as a little kid. So I, (laughs) I grew up with this hero, Wilma Rudolph. She was my childhood hero, and I wanted to be the fastest woman in the world as a little kid. I you know, it. I mean, I won the 100-yard dash at yeah, school. Yeah, you're so like, I'm like, speedy. I, I have some potential here. 
No, but I just, she, for some reason I read, my mom got these books about her and would read them to me. And I, she just became somebody that I was really inspiring to me. And her story, I could actually tell a quick little synopsis. So she grew up in the Great Depression um, and they were a black, she's a black American woman in a family of 22 kids. So a blended family. Oh wow. I mean, can you imagine? No. I, I feel stretched <laughs> as we're like talking kids. about two kids. Like, <laughs> we're going to survive. <laughs> I really do feel so stretched at three kids. And we're about to have our fourth, by the way. I'm 20 weeks pregnant. So, Amazing. Um, but she was in a family of 22 kids, a blended family, um, lived in Tennessee. So very segregated there. And she, uh, from a young age, got just thing after thing. She got struck with pneumonia. She had scarlet fever. She had polio. There was no vaccination oh. for that at the time. So she was told by doctors she would never walk. Yeah. And so her mom would drive twice a week to this hospital that would treat her. That was, you know, because they couldn't, the local hospitals wouldn't treat her because of her skin color. So she would travel yeah. twice a week by bus, 50 miles with her mom, which... Mm taking that time away, you know, from her family, her mom was just so determined to help her child as any mother would love to help their own child. Mm -hmm. So she got to this hospital and they, they taught her how to do physical therapy on Wilma's legs. And her siblings would help in this, massaging her leg, you know, multiple times a day, every day of the week. Yeah. So at six years old, she miraculous, miraculously starts to walk. So I'm thinking of my daughter, Ellie, who's seven, you know, and just one year younger, just starts to walk and um, really starts to love that, gets into running, starts playing basketball, track, and she becomes this elite track all-star in high school. Long story short, becomes the fastest woman in the world. So, and was the first American woman to earn three gold medals in track. And as wow. a black American woman, I mean, even just breaking so many barriers that were placed on her. Yeah. And she often in interviews would say, they said, well, well, you know, everyone said you wouldn't walk. And she said, my mom said I would. I believed my mom. She'd always say that. <laughs> and I just love that determination. So Wilma for me is inspired by Wilma Rudolph. And it's a community of moms who believe in themselves and who are not afraid to break down barriers that have been placed on them, um, but also are living in a way that they hope to inspire the generations below them and also pass that on. So yes. that meant a lot to me. And then my favorite affirmations are I will and I am. So that's blended right into the word Wilma. Mm -hmm. um, so that be kind, of, kind of became this base to my community, but also tells your listeners a lot about my app. It's a very intentional space, community-driven, um, and is truly about help from the inside out. And finding strength within that is far greater than having a six-pack or mm -hmm. <laughs> lifting mm -hmm. a certain amount of weight. Um, yes. So that's what it's been about for me. Yeah, so. and I, I love that. You dove into pretty much everything I hoped you would. <laughs> because having used your app with both my pregnancies, I can speak to the fact that you really do embody just such a different feeling. And I've done the other apps. I've done the other gyms. Like, I love to work out. I've yeah. dipped my toes lots of places. But to come to a space where you know that the focus is more than how you look at the end of the workout, mm -hmm. it's so, it was so healthy for me, especially coming from a place in my life where like I was very focused on fitness and my image. And then mm -hmm. I had a baby. Right. And it was like, wow. Right. <laughs> not only am I not myself for a variety of reasons being that I have a child to take care of, totally. but like my body was completely different totally. and it was this whole mind game I kind of had to overcome and to know 
that I could open my workout app and have a voice of encouragement that's just saying like, you can do today. Yeah. Versus like, do one more lunge and get that booty. Like, yes, you know? like, exactly. <laughs> yes. It was just such a different feeling. And it was something that I know resonated with me and I can tell resonates with the community you're building because you, you see it on Instagram, you see it on social media, but there are women all the time that are posting about how your workout or your words like truly change their perspective that day. And I just couldn't agree more. And so I think I want to just dive in with you to like how you're empowering the pregnant community, because that is at least where I've felt the most vulnerable in my life, (laughs) probably. Um, And just, you know, you do so much within your app, but you have your pregnancy subscription. And right now you're working along with everybody in your pregnancy, which is kind of fun filming workouts and things. Um, And it makes it like, totally relatable, which I love. Um, but kind of explain to me how you approach your exercise during pregnancy. Perfect. Um, man, so much goes into this. Um, so I, there's, there's different aspects to prenatal fitness that I'll talk about. So, um, first of all, especially for first time moms, like, you know, when you go through it for the first time, there are so many changes you're experiencing, not just with the growth of your baby and body, but um, inside hormonally and things that are going on that I think you just don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You don't know how your body is going yes, to react. Yes. And first trimester is kind of a gamble in its in and of itself where even between your own pregnancies, if you have multiples, it can also differ between pregnancies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and we're completely different. Totally. So I think first trimester is a little bit of a gamble, but what I always tell people is if you're able and always communicate with your healthcare provider, whether it's in your midwife or OBGYN or whoever, um, just be in communication with them. Obviously, if they're giving you an okay to continue exercise, then continue exercise mm-hmm. as you would normally. Mm-hmm. Um, first trimester, your bump is still not growing. You don't have too much abdominal separation. So it's just like a great time to to exercise if you mm-hmm. can. And of course, I am always so fatigued in first trimester. More than and each kid, it gets, it gets even more so where, yes. you know, naps are happening every day, like just yes. to get through the day. So... Um, listening in to your body and really honoring and love. I think that's part of really honoring and loving our body is being able to listen and say, actually today I do need to have a rest day or take some, you know, ease up a little. But if you are able to continue to push and challenge yourself, then continue lifting heavy, continue doing Mm -hmm. the things that you would normally do. Um, Second trimester is where we start to modify things a little bit. Um, I'll talk a lot today about core breath. Mm -hmm. I think the core becomes such a focus because I'll explain the anatomy a little bit. Um, your core four is what I call it. It's made up of four different muscles. So you have your pelvic floor muscles, which we'll talk a lot about. And your pelvic floor is kind of like a hammock. It sits between, so the front is your pubic bone, the back is your coccyx, your, the end of your spine. And then it's like this little hammock. It houses, you know, you've got your bladder in there, you have your mm-hmm. uterus. That by the way, your uterus I mean, if you think about that as a woman, it starts around the size of a fist or like an apple. So two ounces, just really small, and it grows over your pregnancy to about two pounds or watermelon size. So the weight on your pelvic floor increases significantly. And then you have your rectum, the bottom of your di- you know, your digestive tract. So you have these things that are housed in there. Um, at the top of your core four, you have your... Um, 
diaphragm muscle, which helps in your breathing and all of the breathwork muscle, you know, that we talk about. And then you have your back muscles around your spine, that's your multifidus muscles. And then along the front, your deepest core layer is called your transverse abdominis. So the core has different layers, but that's the deepest layer of tissue that is what we're working on really involving through pregnancy to keep your core as functional, as strong as possible. So um, as your belly grows, second trimester usually is where I usually hit this around 13 to 16 weeks, depending on some, it depends on, you know, if it's your first, second, third, it depends on the baby, probably the size of the baby. There's so many factors, but you'll start to see abdominal separation within that frontal wall. So your six pack muscle is what you can refer to it as, Mm -hmm. but it's your rectus abdominis. So that muscle will separate naturally. And there's this connective tissue that runs right along the middle that's called your linea alba and it should stretch, right? That's what it's, that's what it's meant to do. So those muscles separate naturally. And the goal of this second trimester is really to um, learn how to protect your core through movement in a way that is going to limit pressure, like unnecessary pressure on that frontal tissue, that wall, because as you deliver and have your baby, you want those muscles to come back together to be as functional as possible and also to have your pelvic floor remain strong enough. Mm-hmm. Not too tight, not too loose, but this really good balance in between. So um, throughout my pregnancy guide, I not only teach you about all this, but have you know a workout every single week that helps to provide pregnancy safe core. And with the update that I'm doing currently, I'm putting in so much more teaching that goes along with that. But um, it's so important with second trimester to start modifying with any exercise that is going to put that unnecessary pressure on your frontal wall. So things like holding a regular plank or regular push-ups or even um, heavy lifting positions that you're using a lot of your core and putting that unnecessary pressure, even sit-ups, things like that. So be thinking about the frontal core wall. And those are things you want to start modifying from, kind of staying away from and doing Involving more core breath through your movement. It's hard to do this over a podcast. I wish, I mean, it's, it's, I it's I'm like, easier. Just when look you on your Instagram. Yeah, look videos. at my Instagram. We've got so, I have so <laughs> much support. <laughs> yes, I have so much support in my app and on Instagram about this. But um, that's where we just modify. Is start mm-hmm. doing things more looking at the external oblique muscles that run along your sides um, and the deep core breath so that you can breathe in a way that's diaphragmatic. You're taking this big breath in, belly breath and rib cage are expanding. And then on the inhale, you're relaxing your pelvic floor. And then on that exhale is where you are wrapping that deep core layer, lifting slightly and really moving in a way that just you don't see that unnecessary pressure. Mm. Um, Again, hard to explain over a podcast, but I have lots of support in my app. So second trimester is where we start the beginning of that. And then third trimester, 28 weeks and up, it becomes a little bit, um, movement can become limited a little bit more as your bump is growing, not as comfortable. Yes. Um, a lot of the plyometric type movements like running and, um, you know, high intensity interval training I is a little bit controversial. You'll hear lots of different things throughout that time. For me, I always say, it, you know, let comfort be your guide. And if, if jogging doesn't feel good, don't push it. There's no reason to. You'll get back into it after baby comes, but it does it's probably putting a lot of pressure on that pelvic floor. So just be really in tune with how your body is feeling. Um, And third trimester at the very end really becomes much more about the relaxation of your pelvic floor. 
and learning how to best prepare it for delivery. So again, you don't want too tight of a muscle there. Every muscle needs to be fully lengthened and fully contracted, that full range of motion. Um, that's how a muscle is strongest and has generates most power. And so if you think about your pelvic floor, you want to have both sides to that, you know, mm -hmm, so that mm -hmm. you're best to recover. Um, so again, lots of support in the app, but it's, I always tell my pregnant women, there's so many benefits to exercising through pregnancy. And if you can do it, even if it's just a little, do what's comfortable and, um, it not even just physically, but mentally, it's a game changer yes. in every way. Um, postnatal, I have so much to say about postnatal too, but just prenatal, if things are intimidating, are intimidating to you or uncomfortable, just, you know, adapt, do what's comfortable, but keep exercising. It just shows mm -hmm. so many benefits. And I love being able to provide workouts in the app for pregnant women. Nice. It is my favorite thing. Yes. And I, again, like as someone who used your app, I'll be totally transparent with my first pregnancy. I was like extremely fit when I was, when I found out I was pregnant, I was very into fitness and I had almost this mindset of like, this pregnancy is not going to hold me back. Like I'm just going to continue to work out the way totally. I can. Totally. And while I'll say like that was so beneficial for a lot of reasons, there were a lot of things that I wish I had been more educated about. Like, Absolutely. okay, maybe don't do those planks. <laughs> yeah, like, totally. Even though you can yeah. and like, sure, you yeah. look strong, I guess. Totally. Like the recovery of my ab with my first baby versus my second baby was like night and day. Wow. Which, like, it seems crazy because you would almost think it would have been harder with my second baby because it's stretched before. It mm -hmm. takes longer to come back together, all these things. Yeah. But seriously, I couldn't even, like, sit up off my couch with mm -hmm. my first baby. And my second baby, it was, like, two days later, I was like, oh, like, totally. I know how to engage my muscles now. Totally. Because I had learned and been educated enough to know how my muscles worked together to support, you totally. know, that extra weight and that extra stretch that I had gone through oh for gosh. nine months. Totally. It's, I have to add to my first baby, same thing. I did not have this pre and postnatal education that I have now. And I was the same. I grew up so athletic, you know, so mm -hmm. from the moment she's born three weeks postpartum, I'm like, I'm ready to go running. Like, I and great. I went running. And mm -hmm. let me tell you that recovery was by far my hardest with my first. My recoveries have progressively gotten better mm -hmm. and better with each baby. My, my last, my previous pregnancy was the best recovery I've ever had. Yeah. Um, because I've now been able to apply all the knowledge that I have, but by first I didn't know. And so after that run and I'd go running and I had prolonged bleeding, sex was so painful. I thought, how is this even like, this can't be normal. Yeah. You know, just all of the things I experienced after that prolonged my recovery, I was like, I need to learn. I need to dive into this research yes. and the things that are going to help me. And it's just like... Like a light bulb, you know, I just thought this is what I need to focus on. This is what women need to know. There's yeah. still a little gap, you know, because if you think about a pregnancy as like a marathon or training for something like a marathon, you ease into it, right? So like your pregnancy, you'll you'll ease in, you're training, and at the very end, the tail end, right before the marathon, you're going to decrease in miles. You're going to like mm -hmm. relax. So just like you are third trimester. Mm -hmm. And then once you have that baby you're not going the day after the marathon, you're not going to go out and run another 18 miles. You're probably going to be pretty sore, yes. maybe need a little bit of rest. So again, it's that same idea of like easing, easing back in. There's no race to easing back in after having a baby. 
And um, at six weeks postpartum, a lot of doctors clear, quote, clear you for exercise. But what, what that really is significant of is your uterus has now gone back to the pre-pregnancy size. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the six-week mark where they're like, okay, you can go back and exercise, but you really don't want to jump. We can talk about that too if you want, but you yes. really don't want to jump right back into running at that point, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So there's just exactly, a natural progression. Yes, yes, there's a natural progression that I feel like you said, like there's a gap in education about. It's either like don't exercise in pregnancy because you yes. need to rest and take care of yourself and protect your body, or like the opposite where people don't know how to modify and protect totally. their body. And then it's the postpartum like bounce back culture of, well, you need to be your same size by six weeks postpartum. Or there's the alternative of like, I'm never going to get back into an exercise routine because I don't know how to function in this postpartum period. Oh my gosh. Totally. So it's like wherever you land, it's hard. It is. <laughs> you know? It is. It's very hard. And I'll let's talk about the postpartum period a little bit. So you have these three trimesters, and I think fourth trimester isn't talked about as much. We have mm -hmm. this birth plan, but what about our recovery plan, which is huge. And so from with my clients from the get-go, recovery starts the second they're pregnant. So your recovery starts now. Like I'm preparing right now for my recovery at 20 weeks pregnant. And um, so after baby... This is kind of what I recommend. Um, it depends if you have your baby vaginally versus a C-section. There's a lot of little differences there. But in general, um, as soon as your baby is delivered, you can start gentle core, deep core exercises. So I'm not talking about crunches or planks. Um, please don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> please don't. As a nurse, don't do uh, yeah. that. <laughs> but I'm talking about core breath. That is as simple as it is. You can be doing that 12 hours post-delivery in your hospital bed. I was doing that with Poppy. I'm like, I literally did with my second baby. I literally I did too. I just that's, took deep breaths yeah, and just focused on I my core. Too. Yep. Re-engaging those deep core muscles. Mm -hmm. That can be done 12 hours post-delivery, sitting down. Because again, these things you can do sitting down. I was in the Chick-fil-A line this week doing yes. that. Like I do it in yes. the shower. I, <laughs> I do these things. Um, you know, a few times a day. So that can be started as soon as possible in those within those six weeks. So with a regular uncomplicated vaginal delivery, um, it just, again, let comfort be your guide. But really in those next few weeks is when you could start those really simple deep core exercises. I have a six week postpartum course on my app directly for this purpose of healing diastasis recti, but also pelvic floor healing and recovery. So um, very simple. They're very monotonous exercises. Mm -hmm. Not exciting. <laughs> not going like, to be breaking you out in a sweat, but help you, very important. Like muscle memory and yes. help your body like really kind of cue in and engage. Like you totally. through the tiny exercises. Like they're not intense. They're not yeah. hard to figure out. No. But doing them over and over, you really do start to feel like okay, that's the muscle I'm actually. Yeah engaging right now exactly at least that's what my experience was it was totally. amazing to have someone walk oh, me through amazing. this simple simple thing that seemed manageable mm -hmm. where it wasn't like oh my heck like I have to do my core exercises now totally. you know it was like no I'm gonna sit here and like be mindful for five minutes exactly. and breathe in a way that's going to engage my core yes you and know? that's what my postpartum videos are they're five minutes mm -hmm. and so you know you can repeat them through if you want but it's very doable five minute videos where you're following along I'm cueing you with breath work 
And that's what you start as soon as you feel comfortable. With a um, C-section, you think about that's a, you know, that's a big abdominal surgery. So you not only have your the tissue that was cut into and the uterine wall that was cut into, but um, also just, you know, the scar tissue and the healing of that will take a little bit longer. But again, it doesn't prevent you from doing these deep core exercises. C-section recoveries can be lengthened, you know, by a few weeks if they're uncomplicated. But um, in general, you can start those pretty soon, as soon as you feel comfortable. And then kind of the natural progression is at six weeks, if you are, you know, you've had the clearance from the doctor, but that doesn't mean to go jump right into it. But it really, I would start with like um, walking to begin with, just walking. <laughs> and then, yeah. and you can do that from, you know, a few weeks postpartum or a week after, whenever you feel, you know, it kind of depends. But walking into light weights, um, into, well, I'd say body weight before even light weights, just walking into body weight, into light weights, into heavier weights, and then into plyometrics. So things like running, mm-hmm. um, and the reason for that. So I love to run, but again, I think I've learned over my pregnancies that there's no point in rushing that because the pelvic floor has undergone. It's just, there's been so much mm-hmm. trauma and pressure with that. Yeah, just with so that, much strain for nine months. So much strain that there's no, it's not a race into getting back and it will be very beneficial to ease in um, slow, at a slow pace and it will just pay off big time so that you can, the other thing is, is a lot of women, there's this, um, you know, you hear all the time, well, I'm never going to be the same. And you know what? You aren't. A a, A baby changes you from the inside out and in the best way possible. But it doesn't mean that you can't become stronger or even have a more functional body after post baby. And that's what I found is I actually feel more, I feel, I felt stronger after each one of my babies. My body has functioned at a very high performance rate after all, but I think it's the more we take care of and learn to protect it through pregnancy and recover properly, we can, we can do those things that we love again um, and return to proper function. And those things that you hear women sneezing or jumping on the tramp and peeing their pants, it is common, but it really is not normal. And those things should be addressed. Mm-hmm. So just being able to properly know and empower women to, to know how to do that is such a fun thing for me. I just, I find so much joy in that. I think there's so much confidence that comes from knowing how to take care of your body post birth. Yes, yes. And like, just like you said, it's exactly what you are doing. I just can shout it from the rooftops that being on Wilma as a postpartum mom made such a big difference for me and it changed my recovery trajectory and it gained I gained just a different perspective of like wow it's okay that my body may not be what it was before but it's different and better for other reasons totally and I think we didn't really touch on this so much but so much of the way you approach fitness for like the mothering community and the like the words that you choose really changed like my mental game too it it helped me have like a positive mental space about my postpartum experience rather than you know we experience the postpartum blues or postpartum depression and you know everybody's experience is individual to them but being able to have a safe space where I knew you know where I felt vulnerable where Mm -hmm. I felt like wow my body's not strong anymore Mm -hmm. my body doesn't look the way I want it to anymore I can't go to the gym for as long as I want to anymore. You know, all these things that used to be part of my identity 
were gone and mm -hmm. to be able to come into that same space that I know and love and know that I'm not going to be hearing words of encouragement that were actually discouraging to me exactly. because I didn't feel like they resonated with me anymore totally you know to be able to hear instead like you're doing great like that yeah. just made such a difference yes. and I don't know what your mental health journey has been with babies but I don't know has that influenced the way that you've kind of tailored your postpartum subscription totally um that reminds me I've told this story before in the past but um, with my oldest, Ellie, so my first, my first daughter, I had her and again, I had been an athlete my whole life. So performing at just a high level across the board, different aspects. And so that first pregnancy, like I say, I didn't have the education that I have now, but um, when a few days postpartum with her, I remember putting her to bed and I walked into my bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was just like, I, this reflection is so foreign to me. And those feelings of discouragement came. And by the way, I have to add those first nights. I mean, I don't think you really are prepared for those first oh. nights. <laughs> no. I did not have anyone tell me. Like that first night coming home from the hospital is always a train wreck. And Brian yes. and I now just, my husband Brian and I, we just expect that now. We're like, yes. okay, here we go. The first night. <laughs> like, we'll I make mean, it I had, like, I am a little bit up and down, but my husband is as even kill like he is just the one that is as so steady mellow. as they come steady as they come <laughs> that first night with ellie i remember him taking a binky and chucking it as hard as he could <laughs> he's like against the wall okay. and i was like okay hand me that baby you go to bed like i've never seen him like that which by the way i think that's what kids they bring out a side of you that you, you i mean even i don't always existed. love yeah i don't I, I don't love that side of me but yeah. it comes out because they just yeah. they have these little triggers that mm -hmm. that they press but those first days postpartum i looked in the mirror and i those thoughts negative thoughts just started spiraling and I was just I had bags under my eyes I was so tired my boobs were engorged mm -hmm. I felt there was loose skin where I had never seen it it just all of those things and I got into this spiral but it was seriously I it was like within a moment this like lightning bolt just hit me and I thought just moments before I had just placed my daughter in her bed and she had just this love for me, like looked at me with these eyes of just unconditional love. It's like, you know, your kids don't care how many pounds you are. They don't care if you have loose skin or cellulite or stretch marks. They will never care about that. The only thing that matters to them is your love for them. And that is like, it just, in a split second, I knew exactly what message I needed to share. Like it was like my purpose with what I was already doing and starting, I knew exactly what I wanted to share. And that was a message of self-love and strength from the inside out. And that is truly what embodies a mother. Like moms are the heart of the world. <laughs> they mm -hmm. really are. They are like the beating heart of the world. And I think once you understand that kind of connection, when you have a baby, it's just like, I don't know, I just felt so much love for my body I at that moment of like, wow, look what I just did. Like, look at this perfect baby that I just placed in the crib. And 
what an amazing, miraculous thing. It was seriously just this life-changing, like quick little lightning moment. And I feel like since then, I just have had such a different perspective on that of, you know, you hear people saying to get your body back, you know, quote, get your body back. But there's no, you didn't lose your body. There's no finding your body again. Like you have your body now and it's gonna change in different in different phases of life, just like as we age and just like as we, you know, bodies change. You run a marathon, they change. You train for CrossFit, they change. You have a baby, they change. You get sleep, they change. You, um, bodies are ever changing. So why base our value on something that's always changing? It's yes. just like we, we already had value from the moment our hearts began to beat when we had these babies. That value is there from the start. So, you know, why are we chasing these numbers and things that are ever changing when we really should be finding that joy in the process of building and growing and learning and progressing and in an ever-changing body? Um, so for me, yes, mental health, like I have experienced anything that I think any mom has. I've had um, postpartum anxiety with Ellie or with Poppy this last time around that was it was hard and I I think that the biggest thing is to find support and find positive community that you're not getting bombarded with messages that are toxic to you that don't feel healthy to you um, so just having support and remembering that your body is such a miraculous gift and that you know it's hard when we are bombarded with messages of getting our body back things like that but man we already have our bodies you know and what what a gift it is to be able to do that and just to be to wake up and breathe and move every day um, and that's what I hope I can help women with is finding that joy and movement that just comes from honestly just moving our bodies and loving them and in a way that honors them um, that's such an important thing to me so my mental health journey, it has been full of ups and downs. I actually feel like I get a little prepartum blues mm -hmm. um, where once I have my baby, I actually feel very lifted and happy for the most part. Yeah. And of course, those weeks are rough. You know, there's so much goes into that hormonally as well. Like you have estrogen and progesterone, they're at their highest through pregnancy. And then as soon as that baby's born, within those first 24 hours, they plummet. And things like oxytocin and prolactin, the milk-making hormone, and all these others fill. So you have not only a lack of sleep, you have hormonal changes that are happening. You have a different change of pace of life. You have other kids you might be caring for. Um, so mentally, if you are crying, if you are having feelings of discouragement, like that is very common, and you're not a bad mom for experiencing that. Yes. Um, there's so much that goes into that, but I think that's important for women to know is that you're not alone in whatever you're feeling because I've felt it all too. Every, I think every mom has. It's kind of something that I think unites us, right? Yeah. Like we all just agree. kind of get it. It's almost like the more kids I've had, the way less judgmental I've, I I don't ever judge a mom for mm -hmm. anything that she's doing. No. Breastfeeding. Because you're like, wow, you're just <laughs> yeah. doing it. I'm yeah. proud of you. Like, exactly. <laughs> Breastfeeding, sleep training. I don't care what the topic is. Yeah. I will never pass judgment on a mom because there are so many different factors going on and you're just proud of them for doing yes. for having a baby and doing it and and it's just it unites 
mothers and women, I think, just because we love each other, we're like, good job. And we know it's hard. We're we like, know we know what you're is. going through. Oh my gosh. And so why not be a voice of encouragement yeah. when you have the chance to be? Like, totally. And remembering to ease in, but especially having people you can talk to about it and not feeling like it's it's wrong to feel sad because you are going to have sad days. You are going to have days where you're throwing the binky against the wall. Absolutely. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you're going to be going through so many ups and downs, but remembering that that little human was placed with you. Like I have felt that, that my babies were meant for me. And it gives me confidence as a mom, even though I have so, have had so many challenges with each of my kids. They're all so different, but um, remembering that I was meant to be with them. And a lot of the times I think it's for me because they're teaching me more than I think yeah. I'm teaching them. But um, they're really strong kids that, that come into the world right now. And I, I think um, remembering that you're meant to be with these littles gives confidence of like, you can do it. You can do whatever comes your way. Yes, I absolutely love that. And I couldn't agree more that just recognizing that your role, whatever it looks like as you enter motherhood is meant for you. Yes. And being able to like confidently say like it is, and I know that I can do it. Totally. That's just such a game changer. And one of the things like for me that was hardest going into motherhood is that like I am a Type A person. I am a here is my checklist. Yes. I will get it done. I think every nurse out there is yes. probably <laughs> Type A. Totally. But I I had to like learn to completely throw that out the door. Yeah. But one of the things that you always said was win the morning, win the day. Yes. And it was like, okay, if I can do that one thing, totally. <laughs> it almost like ticked my box of mm -hmm. like, I checked that one thing off my list. Totally. And not only that, but it set my day off on such a tone of like positivity and yeah. confidence and feeling like I really could do all the other things that were on my plate that day. Totally. Because I'd taken that five minutes or, you know, half hour, 45 minutes for myself mm -hmm. to just like win the morning. Totally. And say, okay, we can do it. Yeah. And yeah, I just, it's just such an empowering thing as a, a person who's used your app. That's yes. all. <laughs> And then the morning when the day too, it has so many different meanings through each chapter. And I do want to emphasize that, that through each chapter with my kids, even now with this pregnancy, I'm not as early of an ariser as I have been for the last several months because I've been so tired. I've needed, my body has needed that extra sleep. So I've kind of clung to that sleep. So when the morning, when the day, I love that saying so much. I've kind of, it's kind of become my little motto because yes. it really is about creating a space or a routine in the morning to start your day that is intentional and going to lift in some way. For me, a lot of times it does mean a workout or movement because it is like my secret sauce. If I can get that in before the day, I really do feel so strong. Um, but sometimes I don't, and sometimes I don't feel strong enough to get in a workout yeah. in the morning. And so when the morning, when the day can often mean waking up and holding five minutes of space for myself and just kind of laying yes. in bed, breathing, finding a moment to maybe make, you know, my first couple things I want to get done for the day, whatever it is, holding space for you is important. Um, and it does make you feel confident knowing that you've gotten that one thing done mm -hmm. to start your day. It just brings all the positivity and the light in to begin with and starts you with a good breath of fresh air, I feel like. Absolutely. And just to kind of speak to what we talked about earlier, I love how you, even as like a fitness instructor, someone who does this for a living, how you can say like, 
you know, maybe I didn't make it to my workout today because that's not what my body needed. Totally. And that was another thing that I loved being a part of your community was that there was never any shame in skipping a workout. Yeah. It was take it a day at a time, Mm -hmm. listen to your body, let comfort be your guide. Totally. And, you know, do what you can. Yeah. And those little wins, like, take them for what they are. Totally. And I think that just encapsulates motherhood. It totally does. And, Celebrate know. the little wins. Yes, exactly. You can't win it all. Exactly. <laughs> literally. Yeah. <laughs> yep. As you can tell, you guys, Meg is just truly a breath of fresh air. The Wilma community that she has created is so incredible because it's filled with genuine intention and grace and encouragement and support as you go through a really vulnerable time of your life, be that when you're trying to conceive, be that when you're pregnant, be that when you're newly postpartum. Meg has something for everyone. The approach that Meg takes to wellness and health and exercise is just pretty different from anyone else that I've seen out there. She does everything to kind of break this bounce back culture that can be so damaging and instead has created a place where you can feel confident in what you can do. And that is amazing. To finish up, I wanna share Meg's piece of advice to all of you friends out there that just might need a little bit of a mindset shift and someone in your corner, because that's what she is. What I would love to leave this community with is just a reminder that if you are associating movement with a feeling of punishment or of um, guilt or just, you know, having these negative connotations tied to exercise, that there is so much opportunity for you to change that mindset, that it's not like you have to carry that forever, that joy is such, or movement is such a joy and when you find the love of movement, the exercise that you love, that you can do consistently, it just brings about this different perspective that I think is not prog- or product-oriented, but mm. process-oriented, to where you're finding love in the process of movement. You're not tied to this end goal or product that you're like hoping or searching for, mm. um, and that's what movement is to me. It is such a way of living that is just it makes me come alive. It makes me feel most like myself when I'm moving. And I think that has been a gift that I've had my entire life is just this love for exercise and movement because of the way it makes me feel. Um, and so to be able to, to let other women know that they can find that for themselves and to put a demand on their potential and say, actually, you can get here. Um, you can feel this way. That is such a joy of my life to be able to do. Um, so again, just being process oriented instead of product oriented. Um, and then, of course, just to remember that just how beautiful and amazing you are, if you're listening, just that you don't need to be anybody else but you. And um, you don't need to force yourself to love any type of movement that you don't love. You don't have to be, mm-hmm. if you've been trying to be a runner for years but hate it, then don't run. And stop running. <laughs> yeah, do what you love. Like, yeah. I think that life is so much more full when we are living so authentically to us. And that means letting go of other people's expectations and really, like, learning to love you. Mm-hmm. All of you. You know, all of the good and the, the hard and the broken you know that's what makes us so unique and and loved and so just remembering that that as a mom and as a woman you are 
are loved and irreplaceable and we're meant to be with your littles that come your way. So that's that. <laughs> be sure to check Meg out on Instagram at Wilma and look into her app. Her workout subscriptions are totally worth it. If you're not already, follow me along on Instagram and TikTok at undereducated.pod and catch us here next week for another episode.